welcome to the 102nd episode of the Maroon Weekly. I'm Carter. I'm Jake. And I'm Greg. Uh, so first of all, happy Easter to those who celebrate. Uh, it's Sunday at, uh, as this is being recorded, so I feel comfortable saying that. If you are listening to this and you had a good Easter, you are welcome uh, for, the, for the good blessings. And if you did not, sucks. I'm sorry. Uh, our next subject, we'll go on to the renaming of the what was formerly known as the Oriental Institute. Jake? Sure, Carter. The Oriental Institute was renamed the Institute for the Study of Advanced Cultures, West Asia and North Africa on April 4th, with the OI Museum renamed to the ISAC or ISAC Museum. The Institute also has a new logo, inspired by the lotus flowers that are a motif common to many of the cultures studied by the Institute. But the Institute only faintly acknowledged the racist connotations of the term, with Welton saying, quote, we're aware of the pejorative connotations of the word, and thought it was a perfect time to change, both to bring awareness to what we do and to create a name that more effectively speaks to the cultures that we represent, end quote. The full version of the new name, which includes the words um, North A- West Asia and North Africa, makes it explicit that the stu- Institute studies those cultures, not East Asia which may be the first place that comes to mind when you hear the word Oriental. Although I should note that originally the term Orient was used primarily in reference to West Asia. Now this institute, created with the aim of studying the progression of human history from the earliest civilizations in North Africa and West Asia, has done pioneering work since it's founded in 1919 as the university's first research institute. And Isaac is an excellent museum. If you ever have uh, find yourself on the quad with some time to burn between classes, I'd recommend just stopping by. Admission is free for students of the college. Yeah, I just walked by the uh, the Institute for the Study of uh, what is it again? Study of advanced ancient cultures, rather. Ancient Institute cultures. for the Study of Ancient <laughs> Cultures. Yes, I just walked by the Institute for the Study of Ancient Cultures on a Thursday. It was the day after the naming, and they'd already changed all the signage on the building. Yeah. Um, this was during Prosby Weekend, uh, and I, I, I heard individuals at that event referring to it as the Institute for the Study of Ancient Cultures. Um, so they've really done, uh, they've really been proactive in making that change immediate. Yeah, they have. Um, th- this report was is based on an article written by Neve Rodriguez, which can be found on the Marines website. Michael McClure contributed reporting. Yeah, I, I actually walked by a few days earlier um, and they had taken down the letters Oriental Institute hmm. um, on the side of the building. I can show the picture to you after. It's cool. Yeah, you yeah, can I see like the outline of the letters. They've already put up the new letters. letters. Yeah. Or they put up the new one. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah you can't still see the outline of, oh, you of you, Well, yeah, they didn't, they didn't quite scrub it clean. <laughs> but they'll get there. Um, sure. Yeah, it's been a little bit since I went into the Institute for the Study of Ancient Cultures. Um, I went with my, my brother. Uh, he goes to a different university, but came here to visit. And I was like, you know, you only have a, a, a day here, but we're going into the what was then Oriental Institute. Um, it's just a really interesting collection. Yeah, and they have a new exhibit that um, that just started on April 5th. Uh, let me double check the name of that exhibit for you. Yeah, um, Greg, have you been, have you stopped by? I did once last year. I think it was first quarter for my Hume class. It was a good experience, yeah. I think I'm, yeah. Their new ex- exhibition is called Artifacts Also Die and will be open until August 27th. It's part of a project called Ruins, Rubble, and Renewal, Coexistent Ruins, exploring Iraq's Mesopotamian past through contemporary art. Interesting. Yeah, I, I don't know if I've seen a one of the temporary exhibitions there. 
Uh, It's been a little while. I think I may have talked about this before on the podcast, but my first year back in 2019, 2020, was when they were having their 100th anniversary, and they had a number of events there. Um, So I I visited quite a lot then, because they had things like, one was called Demons and Donuts. It was where they would give you little scavenger hunts to find demonology-related artifacts, and if you found all of them, they'd give you a donut. Uh, I'm pretty heavily food motivated, so I, I went, and it was a good time. You know, a little bowl that is meant to trap evil spirits. Um, they have to find the Book of the Dead in, in the Egyptian section. Uh, yeah, it was. There was a little statue that represented a god of chaos, but which was also supposed to represent. I believe it was supposed to protect you because it was so evil, or some something of that nature. Like it's so chaotic that it repels other, other demons. It's just some interesting things that I guess, you know, sure, Demons and Donuts got me in, but I remember some of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they had a lot of cool stuff. They had a, an exhibit last year that I went to um, that had a bunch of paintings of these, like, ruins that, that someone had done in um, Iran that I really enjoyed. I think I saw that one, too, yeah. Right close to the entrance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I also do think it's interesting that they so de-emphasize the pejorative nature of the term oriental in like their communications about it. Um, they did not do this to, to bow to cancel culture or any of that because yes. people got confused and expected to see, I don't know, Chinese artifacts and still yeah. instead found like Mesopotamian ones. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't know how much that is, uh, that is true. I mean, people who knew of the Institute recognized it was of yeah, West Asian cultures. people would be... Yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't know that it's entirely an accurate explanation of why they made the change, but it is an explanation sure. of why it was yeah. a worthwhile change. It's the explanation they chose to give. Yes, think it's worth yes. Mm-hmm. Well, moving on uh, from that, we're next going to go to Greg talking about the recent mayoral election. Right, so Brandon Johnson, as you probably know, defeated Paul Vallis in a hotly contested mayoral runoff election on Tuesday to become the 57th mayor of Chicago. As of Friday, the totals amounted to about 293,000 votes for Johnson and about 276,000 votes for Vallis. Johnson will succeed outgoing Mayor Lori Lightfoot, who failed to make the runoff after finishing third in the first round of voting on February 28th. He'll take office on Monday, May 15th. A current member of the Cook County Board of Commissioners and a Chicago Teachers Union organizer, Johnson was widely considered the progressive candidate in the race. He ran on a platform of raising taxes on big businesses and the wealthy, as well as increasing police accountability and supporting mental health services. Vallis, the former CEO of Chicago Public Schools, ran on a more moderate platform. He called for bolstering public safety by investing in police as well as improving education by creating a school voucher program and cutting bloat in the CPS budget. In more local election news, the runoff election for Fifth World Alderman, community organizer and activist Desmond Ainsey, a a South Shore native, still holds a narrow lead over Tina Hone, who previously served as City of Chicago's chief engagement officer. With 100% of precincts reporting, Ainsey accumulated 5,700 votes and 51.79% of the total to Hone's 5,306 votes and 48.21%. However, the Hyde Park Herald reported that on election night, more than 1,700 mail-in ballots were still to be counted. In a follow-up email to the Maroon on Friday, April 7th, after 200 more ballots were added to the total and the gap widened slightly to 368, Hone wrote that conceding, quote, would not be fair to the people who have been supporting me, unquote. For the full details, including fourth ward election results, 
see the full story up on the Marines website, published by Richard Davis. There's been a lot of uh, election information going around recently because it was this past Tuesday, I believe, was was the the final day for the official election day. Mm. Um, but of course, you were allowed to do early voting, and a lot of students around New Chicago and other community members uh, found ways to do that. I, I believe Reynolds Club was um, the for most people on campus the closest polling station, and groups like U Chicago Votes and other such pro democracy institutions were definitely out and about trying to get people to go for same-day registration, which is, is present in Illinois, um, and to cast their vote. I am personally registered to vote in Florida, so I, I did not wish to change it, particularly because I'm going to be um, moving away from Chicago right after graduation. But um, it is very interesting that many students could make that change. They could, as long as they had not voted in their home state this year, um, could change to Illinois voter registration on you know same-day voting. Yeah, admittedly, I don't know much about either candidate. I only learned about the results, let's see, on Wednesday, I think it was on SiteChat. Um, I'm just, I do not follow politics. Um, what about you guys? I learn about politics because I have friends who are involved in politics. Mm -hmm. It's not something that I, I typically involve myself so heavily in just because it can be quite weighty and you have to be very engaged in it if you want to be engaged in it that can you know that does have a toll because there are serious issues being addressed there are serious problems in the world and generally i don't want to weigh myself down with them if i can avoid it many people can't and that's why people do say it's sort of unethical to be apolitical but uh, to the same degree if you don't if you don't have the space for taking on those tolls, if you wish to leave yourself unburdened for whatever other tasks you have, I think that's a perfectly reasonable approach um, to those with the capability to do so. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I would say over the years I've become more indifferent. Actually, really over the past few months, um, I've really? just yeah been taking a detox from social media. You know, I still use it to add people and, and obviously use Facebook Messenger to... Um, talk with you guys, but I don't use Twitter nearly as much as I used to. I do have a blue Twitter checkmark on my <laughs> a sticker on my laptop. Um, but to me, it's I just got tired of being inundated with a lot of the emotions. Um, mm -hmm. I just unplugged. My parents, on the other hand, they always forward me news stories, and I'm like, okay, guys, please, I cannot take this right now. Um, but I, I do think there is value to you know, discussing these issues, they are important issues, mm. um, but I don't know, maybe I'll come back to them. Um, maybe I'll be more open to discussing them later. I think the, the news is important. You know, people come down in different places in terms of how plugged in they feel like they need to be. Um, and I certainly wasn't very plugged into this like local election cycle, but um, like something like Twitter, it can of course be very easy to end up on like a specific side of Twitter where the things you're getting fed are are harmful to you. And like that doesn't have to be the way that you end up consuming news. Um, people can find their own approaches that work for them. And I hope you find something that brings you balance in that, correct? Yeah. 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 I think you alluded to something for me. It's like, I like hearing different perspectives, but it's hard when people frame them or phrase them in a way that's, you know, hostile. I like, I'm all for... You know, U Chicago is big on freedom of expression and, and you know, um, 
hearing all voices and I'm into that but Twitter and Facebook and all of that it you know unmoderated unfiltered vitriol I cannot stand yes yeah the comment section is such a dark place <laughs> don't ever go there mm. For our last story, we'd like to talk a little bit about Prosby Weekend, which was uh, the university's, I believe they have two Prosby Weekends, this was the first of them. Um, it's the opportunity for students uh, who are considering coming to the University of Chicago, they've already been admitted, to come and learn more about the campus, and for many of them also to stay with a student who's living in the dorms, so they can get an idea of what actually living and studying in Chicago is like. No, I personally, one before the I did not host any Prosby's. I, I don't believe either of you did either, right? No. 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 But, not this uh, year. I did last year, actually. Yeah? How was that? It was good. It was good. It was nice to meet that guy. It felt good to... Um, I lived in a dingle at the time. I, the double the, lesser <laughs> single. <laughs> double For the, verification. Um, yeah, double, but I was the only person living there. So I was able to give him a bed. Okay. Um, which I don't think many Prosby's got. True, true. Yeah, I live in a dorm room single. I was not going to put someone on my floor. Also, no, no, I'm not <laughs> doing that at this at this stage in my career. <laughs> but I did. Um, I I was part of the pre-COVID crew, so I did get to come here as, as a prosy myself. Amusingly enough, I stayed in the exact same dorm, the exact same house that I have been in for four years, Alper House oh, wow. in, in Max East. So I know from Prosby weekend through senior year, always crazy. The, the exact same, the exact same house, um, which is very amusing. Uh, but of course, the Prosby experience was a bit, it was a bit different than this year. I don't know. The they're still working on. Well, first of all, just housing culture in general. So the fact that that hasn't recovered fully means that I, I think it's difficult for Prosby's to get as involved, at least in, from what I could see, to the same degree that Prosby's were were able to see campus. Um, my when I came, I do think it's a good option to have for people to be able to come here, especially yeah. if you aren't sure whether you're going to come to U Chicago. Um, mm-hmm. Being able to go to these admitted student weekends, um, talk to students at a place, get a good—I feel like that's really—I don't, I don't know if there's any better way to get a sense for how you would feel in that space. Um, anything better than just having conversations, being in house lounges, mm-hmm. um, active ones at least. My house, like, you know, there are very much people around, especially when all the prospies were there that sort of led people to... Yeah, I've noticed your house presence. does have... A, your house lounge is usually pretty active. Yeah, yeah it's usually pretty bustling. And this time, you know, they had all the, a ton of insomnia cookies because the prospies were there. A bunch of people went bowling because the prospies were there. So even more than usual, people were around. Um, Mine was quite dead, unfortunately. Like I even Prosby weekend, even Prosby weekend, wow. we had I think so. We had a, an event that was pretty well publicized to the individuals of the house. It was not like a, a secret. We were supposed to have something there on like Thursday night. I saw three Prosby's were there and two to three non-Prosby students, and that was it. Yeah, it might have been that you guys only got like three people to sign up to take in Prosby's. Well, or, well maybe, or but it was also just that we didn't have a lot of people who were actually from the house there. Like we don't, we didn't. We didn't have non-prospects yeah, there to yeah, show yeah. them, and just yeah. having the prospects together among themselves is not exactly helpful. Yeah, they so, did have trouble in my house getting people to volunteer to host prospects. Um, our two R, our two RAs did it. The RDA, wow, person, really? the assistant who lives in our house, did it. Uh, the girl who was put in charge of the prospect weekend thing did it, and then one other person. So only one who like mm. sort of wasn't obligated to do so ended up hosting a prospect, which is. 
not a great turnout, um, especially compared to last year when many people that I knew decided to join Prospect. But it's still, yeah, I do agree. It's still a good opportunity for them. Um, when I came, I, I certainly got a little bit of a look at life at Chicago. It was chilly and rainy and overcast. And then I sat in a dorm room while someone got drunk on soju, not for pre-gaming, just to get drunk. That was, you know, that's, wow. How I you, still how came. Did you feel? Was that a little scarring for you, Carter? <laughs> that was, mm, that was, that was interesting. Yeah. Um, lost a few articles of clothing. This person did. <laughs> a few came on backwards. Had to be carried, but. Did you carry the person who was hosting you? And I watched the person who was hosting me carry his friend. Oh, okay, okay. Yes, yes. Uh, fortunately, only down one flight of stairs, and then the <laughs> RH shouted at us. Jeez. But, um, you know, I still came to U Chicago, so there's <laughs> that. Yeah. I, I definitely wish I had the opportunity. Um, I didn't host anyone, but I did see them. They were, you know, teaming around campus, and... Um, I, uh, I wish I could capture some of the excitement and innocence that they have, you know? It's, <laughs> it's, it's like, once you know, once you come here, the mysticism you know, wears off, but... At least, at least one girl who I was talking to um, had already set up a, an account for the transfer portal to <laughs> transfer oh, out. No. She was getting some cold feet, but uh, that was not a universal wow. experience wow. of the prospects <laughs> I talked to. Yeah. I think I might have accidentally scared one of them off. I I was waiting for oatmeal. There were no bowls, as usual, in Beaker. Um, and he was like, oh, you know, from an outsider's perspective, you know, I, I'm curious what you think. You know, tell me more about you, Chicago. And I was like, um, you know, it's, it's stressful. Um, but, <laughs> you know, it's also, it's, it's fun. It's enjoyable. It's what you make of it. Um, I don't think he was convinced. So... <laughs> I talked to one person who came to Prosby Weekend, and his memory was that basically they just saw someone, it was either in a dining hall or a library, just crying. Oh. <laughs> Great sell for you, Chicago. But they still came, so I don't know what it is. I guess you, Chicago, I mean, a lot of people, they're coming to Prosby Weekend, they kind of already know. I mean, a lot of people are committed. Yeah, um, they are. Considering yeah. how... Much of our class is either ED or E2. It's a, it's a high percentage. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's definitely interesting. I'm, I'm glad to see, though, that it is Prosby Weekend is returning. A lot of students are interested. They're engaging. They're coming. Uh, they're learning. And hopefully they're attending. So with that, I think we are concluded on this episode of the Marine Weekly. Thank you all for listening. Once again, I am Carter. I'm Jake. And I'm Greg. Tune in next week. Thank you.